0: It looks like Goku and his friends won't need the Dragon Balls to make their latest film a hit, with Dragon Ball Super Broly now the third most profitable anime film in US history. That's over 9,000 tickets sold, guys. <laughs> oh, God. No I'm not apologising. Oh,
1: no. EVIL <laughs> Tatsu! Gunny, It's over
0: 9,000! Omi-chan. NANI? Configure the language logic interface for Japanese. The Wi-Fi! wi fi fi radio! And welcome to a new episode of Kawaii Fi Radio, the podcast where we look at the world of Japanese animation and film and all things in between. I'm your host Kyle and joining me are my co-hosts Coco and Kenny. How are you guys doing? Very well. How, are you? How are you doing? Very good. Now we've got uh as as usual with any podcast a lot to talk about Um, we've got plenty of anime to talk about and this week we are focusing on akira toriyama thanks to the incredible broly movie which we all saw earlier this week fun good times Mm -hmm. so what do you guys think of the movie i mean obviously it's now uh, another canon film where broly's now part of dragon ball canon it's huge
1: it gave me everything i wanted and more i wanted to see massive fights on a massive screen between i wanted to see vegeta take a front stage in this and and he did and he was the first one up first one up and oh my god and it just kept on escalating because broly just adapts and just
0: (laughs) improves phenomenal i loved it so much I mean, we can't. We will spend plenty of time chatting about Broly later in the show, but we do need to talk about anime that we're we're currently watching, as we will do at the beginning of every episode. So, uh, Coco, what was it that you were checking out this week?
1: Um, So, I really enjoyed My Roommate Is a Cat. (laughs) That was great. It is very sweet. When I saw the trailer, I saw that I. I saw the cat and I was like, the eyes have seen some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> very, um, uh,
2: very human eyes. You don't yeah. normally see that on animals in anime. No,
0: you don't. Wh- which I think we were uh, reading up on why um, Japanese animation has large eyes and it's because Japan uses um, eyes to show emotion whereas mm-hmm. Westerners are used to looking at facial structures. Eyes are a lot harder to, to deceive. Read. Yeah. Mm. Mm. which I think is fascinating, which explains why the cat has such an emotive face. Yeah. It i got to admit that actually, uh, Everything.
2: that actually kind of turned me off at first when I saw the trailer. The trailer mm. didn't really present much except for the visuals. But then when you get to the part where the cat actually has an internal monologue, mm. the eyes actually are... Uh, very fitting, and what an internal monologue, right? Oh yeah, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it actually explains a lot of mysteries around having a cat. <laughs> it yes. does. Well, uh, Kenny, you were watching uh, Kaguya-sama, I believe it was. Lover's War. Kaguya-sama, Lover's War. That these are. Um, oh,
1: that reminds me of Matsumoto Kun's Revenge.
2: I would actually, I have to agree with you there. That's that's a very apt. But uh, yeah, these are, woo, these characters very, very highly intelligent, highly strung, and just. Flawed, flawed human Very beings. Very damaged. <laughs> yes. yes, they're supposed to be like the top of their game, these great manipulators. and They're in charge of the student council as well. It's they're like student council they're of sociopaths. This, they're this, in charge of the student council of this most prestigious of academies. And their entire life seems to be centred around getting the other person to... Admit their love to them, because for them to do it, for them to make the first move in that sense, would be a show of weakness. Oh, absolutely.
1: Their their vice is a pride. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, you know what I want to talk about is Dororo, and oh my god. Ah, What? Absolutely. What what a series. I'm so excited. I'm disappointed it's only 12 episodes. I would love to see 26 of this.
1: That first episode, oh oh my god, just... The animation uh, style is just so traditional. I love it. And I wasn't expecting that level of the graphic violence. I was not expecting that.
0: Well, I mean, it is rated R. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which the original series (laughs) was as well, which... uh, What year was that from? Uh, 1964, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The old manga. They have changed the story slightly. Um, They've changed how many demons he has to defeat um, mm-hmm. compared to the original. But other than that, it seems pretty true to the original.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. And uh, we, I think we do need to talk about um, a certain live-action film Coco and I oh, caught. Oh, my mm. God. Shin Godzilla. Mm. Now, there is a reason we are talking about uh, Shin Godzilla um, as opposed to just uh, any Godzilla film. Shin Godzilla is actually directed by um, Anno, the director of Neon Genesis. Hideaki and Anna. you can tell you
1: can you and it's really great
0: it's it's, it's it's like great. watching neon genesis without the robots and just uh, the the kaiju going berserk if, and destroying if, the city if you imagine Wonderful.
1: the perfect combination of godzilla and evangelion just it, th- it, there it, was a crossover manga Oh, really? Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, oh, wow. And there was a line of toys as well. Uh, Shin Godzilla cross... Uh, it was Shin Evangelion, I believe. Y- no way, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, now, i got to look that up later.
1: In the original Godzilla, mm. like, way back, like, shortly after the war it came out, I think about eight years. What's interesting about that, that is actually an allegory to the destructive powers of humankind. Mm. We don't see that. We don't see that in no. the in the Western... Um, adaptations because it's all about giant monsters having a fight yeah. and destroying
0: cities. Same sort of um, principle behind Pacific Rim. It's yes. about the destruction and the glorification of the fighting of the two yes, gigantic, the power. powerful beings. Yeah,
1: this is why i I was really touched by Shin Godzilla mm-hmm. because when when you know that it comes from a place of this is what we're capable of, be careful with it. What this film actually drew inspiration from was um, was the recent... Oh, the tsunami. Tsunami, yeah. yeah. And the
0: earthquakes that they've had. Yeah. We will uh, do a bit more on Godzilla in another episode, um, tying in with all the Godzilla animated features that have been floating around in recent years. But we do need to talk about what we're doing today, and we're looking at all things Akira Toriyama. From <laughs> his early mangakai days to the recent Dragon Ball Super Broly movie, most anime fans would have heard of him or come across his work in some form or shape. That might be in the shape of a video game, of course, Dragon and some of the other shows he's been involved in. Um, He does have a massive back catalogue of work and is even involved in one of Japan's most beloved JRPG franchises. We're also going to turn the clock back to 1946 to talk about a man known as the Godfather of Manga as part of our ongoing look at the history of Japanese animation. As always, if you're after a particular segment, check this episode's description for the timestamps. But before we do do anything else, let's find out what's happening in the world of anime news. Making Headlines Really? Sort of. Anime News. 20th Century Fox is in hot water over Battle Angel Alita, and Mirai no Mirai is heading to the Academy Awards. This is Kawaii Anime News. The 91st Academy Awards have included Mirai no Mirai in its nominations for Animated Feature Film this year. Alongside nominees like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and Incredibles 2, it's the only Japanese animated feature to be nominated for this year's award, which will take place on February 24th. Mirai is also nominated for the Japanese Academy Prize due to be announced on March 1st. Japanese cinema chain Aeon apparently have confirmed the release date for the upcoming Konosuba film Crimson Legend, with a July 12th opening date online. The film's only been announced for a release sometime in 2019, with studio JC staff animating the project instead of studio Dean, who created the first two seasons. Neighbours Club manga Higani is nearing the end of its run with volume 18 of the manga expected to be its last. Based off a series of light novels which ended in 2015, the manga has run since 2010 with a two-season anime adaptation, a live-action film and a number of spin-offs. Also coming to end is the Captain Harlock Dimension Voyage manga, with the March issue of Champion Red magazine signaling the end of the series' first part. Writers Leji Matsumoto and Koichi Shimihoshi launched the manga in 2014, though have not clarified if a part two is coming soon. Matsumoto penned the original story of Captain Harlock back in 1977. The 12 Manga Taisho Awards for Best Manga have released this year's finalists, with 13 works making the shortlist. Dungeon Meshi, Golden Gold and Nagi no Oitomo have been nominated again this year alongside the recently ended Astra Lost in Space. The full list of nominees can be found on the Manga Taisho website, and last year's award winner was Beastars, who are making an important announcement in their next issue on February 7. Battle Angel Alita isn't even in cinemas yet, but the live-action adaptation of Yukito Kishiro's manga might cause 20th Century Fox a headache. Florida-based Epic Stone Group have filed a lawsuit claiming Fox is engaging in unfair competition due to the use of their trademark. The Florida-based company has held the Battle Angel trademark since 2009. Staying with Hollywood adaptations, a sequel for the upcoming Detective Pikachu movie is being greenlit by Legendary Entertainment and Warner Bros. despite the film not being released yet. There is no script for the sequel at this stage, with the Detective Pikachu film due for release on May 10th. And in dub news, this season's cuddly kitten anime, My Roommate is a Cat, is being translated by Funimation, and the first episode is out on their streaming platform. Alongside them, fantasy anime Endro is also landing on the platform this weekend. And that's your anime news for the week ending February 3rd, 2019. Uh, That stuff about Battle
2: Angel Alita has been... It's yeah. tiresome, to say the least.
0: It is. It's, it's just a bit of a shame, because it, it doesn't really seem like it's...
1: Uh, is this where I go off on my rant about Hollywood not coming <laughs> up with original ideas,
0: ever? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's not. Um, unfortunately, it, it's, it is quite literally a case that a company um, copyrighted Battle Angel... Not the actual
2: Battle not, Angel elita Not Alita. Battle Angel elite. Uh, the phrase
0: Battle Angel, sorry, trademark, not copyrighted it, um, a few years ago. And it's just caused a string of problems for them because they've got Battle Angel Elita merchandise and these guys are saying that, oh, you've took our trademark. Uh,
2: have this company actually produced anything with this Battle Angel trademark?
0: Uh, that's questionable. Um, the, yeah. the problem is, is that the company does appear to be not massive um they have been working on a battle angel short film um which has been in production for i'm not sure how long they've got a string of toys and stickers um which i, I couldn't find too much on it to be honest when you put the company's name into google everything that comes up is actually on the lawsuit and once you dig through three or four pages of the search results you find the company's website which i think was battleangel1.com <laughs> Huh. Sounds
2: like it was hastily put together. Sounds like it was a hastily bought domain name.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure because BattleAngel.com is actually still available. It might be being held by a squatter or something like that.
2: I mean, you see this sort of thing coming out. You see this sort of thing happen whenever uh, an intellectual property comes out like this. There will be some outlier who claims, oh, you have stolen an aspect of mine. Mm. Sue, sue, sue occasionally the claims can be legitimate. Sometimes they are not. It's just...
0: I'm sure we'll find out more in the coming weeks. Um, Dungeon Meshi, nominated again. (laughs) So this is, what, their fourth or third year they've been nominated for the Manga Awards? It's actually such a good run yeah it's such um, a good series
2: the nomination isn't without merit it's like it's a fantastic it's a fantastic manga i've been reading it on and off for like a while now Mm -hmm. it's just a real shame that it has not been adapted into an anime Yes. I I don't
0: understand how. Or for the amount of nominations it's received. It hasn't actually won yet. Damn it. Yeah. uh, The thing is, is that for that award, it's designed to let people under a certain amount of volumes. Because it's a monthly manga, it hasn't hit that cap yet, but it is going to soon. Oh. Yeah, which is a shame.
2: Come on, Dunjameshi. We're rooting for you. And
0: and Coke, I'm sure you're happy about My Roommate is a Cat getting some more exposure.
1: Very much. I feel like it's a very um, translatable show Mm. as well. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to see what, what to hear, the mm. cat's voice. Yeah. And I, I hope that the same reasons that the cat gives for her actions, it is a she, right? Yes. Yep. Um, I hope <laughs> they remain the same. Yeah. It, it would be
0: a bit of a shame if they kind of changed the whole premise of the way the cat behaved.
1: Yeah, because, um, I mean, there, there are examples of this changing in translation. Yeah. So hopefully they'll just... Keep it keep up to the
2: what what it originally is. Kind of a fun game I like to play at uh, film school and stuff like that. But uh, if it was your call, who would you pick as the voice actor
0: for the cat? Ooh, that's a hard one actually.
1: Yeah.
0: It'd have to be someone young, Mm. I think. Maybe actually, maybe the girl playing Battle Angel Alita. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I I think she could potentially do a good job of it. Actually. Mm. Yeah. All right, let's kick on. Wi-Fi Radio.
1: Anime history. So we are going to talk about the, the godfather of manga. The
0: man and himself.
1: The one and only Tezuka or some of you. The thing is, he's actually an interesting character, well, hmm. figure because he's such a humanist because he, he, he grew up Seeing the war, he was... Mm. Well, let's start at the beginning. Though. Yes. So, um, he was born in Toyonaka on November the 3rd, 1928. Oh, wow. To a well-established family with a history in medicine.
0: So, um, did, did he follow the medicine?
1: Yes. He oh. went to med school. Wow. He, um, I'm not sure if he's the most famous, but he's probably the most famous man I know of that went all the th- all the way through medical school and did not practice <laughs> once. As a doctor. That's
0: a a pretty long time to spend to then just go, no,
1: I'm
2: done. Yeah, it's a pretty fascinating leap to go from something Mm -hmm. as intensive as uh, medicine straight to writing manga.
1: Well, when he spoke about it with his mother, because he started drawing at such a young age, Hmm. um, she said to just follow what he enjoyed, and that was manga. Which
0: is rare in Japanese culture as well. It
1: is, it is. Um, So... Importantly,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when he was five, he moved from Toyonaka to a town called Takarazuka, which is northwest of Osaka. Mm. Um, this is where he grew up, and more importantly, where he was exposed to one of his first inspirations to his future storytelling. Now, Takarazuka is notable for its hot springs, oh. but I think it was 1913 when a theatre opened called the
0: Takarazuka Review. Now, keep in mind that this town is a hot spring and we will get back to that later. <laughs> because th- th- this is a very important part of modern anime culture as it turns mm.
2: out. And just Japanese culture in general. Mm-hmm. It I is. envy them, their hot springs. Oh yeah.
1: So, you know what's interesting about this theater? Mm-hmm. Not only were all of their theater members women, mm-hmm. all Uh-oh. the plays they put on were women playing all the characters, oh. uh, even the male ones. Um it was created by Kobayashi Ichizo. Mm. This guy created Toho. I
0: recognise that. Man, that makes a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah.
1: yeah. So this is already a big a, a deal. A huge deal. Um, His mother, Tezuka Fumiko, was close friends with many of the actresses and he, he used to go with his mum to watch them. And it was just such a spectacle. Mm. Um the all-female cast performed plays based on Western fairy tales and theatre. I think they, oh, wow. they did um, yeah, they did Japanese historical subjects as well. The costumes and set design were elaborate and spectacular. The Anime Sakura Awards is actually based on this all-female theatre troupe. Um, that,
0: that's actually pretty cool. Yeah,
1: it is, hey. Um, and so it's,
0: I love the absolute... Flip on that to the mm. traditions that we saw in Western culture where it would be all men playing all the characters. Yeah. Including women. women. Yeah. yeah,
1: Like in Greek theatre. Exactly. Yeah. So or Shakespeare. Um, that was mm. his first inspiration. Just mm. all of the spectacle of this, the bright colours.
0: Um, so how did he go from there to becoming a, a manga creator and where well, did he first start?
1: He actually was drawing from a very young age and... Mm. Um, he drew all through school, all through high school, all through medical school. Wow. Yeah. Um, all through his uh, full-time service as well that he was drafted to when he was 16 to oh. a military factory. I believe that was in Osaka. Wow. Um, he was a first-hand witness there to the firebombing that happened. Oh, Um, he was deeply affected by the toll of human suffering exacted by humankind's massive capacity for destruction and violence, which you will see a recurring theme of. You will notice that a lot of his manga, a lot of his anime has got a humanist tone running through it.
0: And from what I recall as well, a lot of the villains are quite human, flawed, but their behaviour has massive uh, consequences like Dororo and... You know, Astro Boy as well. Absolutely.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, He graduated high school in 1945, went straight to med school. But he put out his first published works in 1946, so a year after he started med school, The Diary of Marchan, as well as a four-panel gag manga. Oh. Yes. And later that year, he was offered work on a local artist story concept. And you know what? He was so enthusiastic about this... His submitted draft was 250 pages long. <laughs> this guy was studying Whoa. med school at the time.
0: So instead of doing his thesis, I think he wrote a manga.
1: He actually did do a thesis <laughs> later on As well. in life. Yeah, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that another time.
0: So let, let's talk about his probably his first most well-known work, and that would be Astro Boy.
1: Yes, Mighty Atom.
0: Let's have, let's have a quick listen to the original uh, bit of music that they had back in the day for it. Very Lost in Space. Oh. It's, got, it's got quite that.
1: Isn't it great? And it has changed. And what? this is the 63 version yeah. in the 80s. The, the, it hasn't changed that much. Really? It's the same, um, it's the same song.
0: Is it? Oh, well,
1: that's uh, same
2: name. song but translated into English in another instance, oh, actually, yeah.
1: Obviously by different musicians and a little <laughs> bit differently yeah. arranged. Um,
0: Fascinating to actually hear. Yeah. And that that was back in black and white as well, yep, wasn't it? That was mm.
1: 1963 that that came out. So earlier, Kenny mentioned that Dororo, the mm. first Dororo came out in 64. It's actually 69. Oh, ooh. thank but you. that's okay. It was trust the probably history expert. <laughs> due to... <laughs> It was probably due to the success of Tetsuan Atomu, which, well, Tetsuan Atomu, which is Astro Boy, as we know it, that they just said, well, you can just go ahead and do what you like. Mm. Do this. Dororo is going to be great. And it was. Which
2: is like a massive compliment to an artist, I figure.
1: Yeah. And he was, Astro Boy, was created as a minor character originally in a manga shonen serial called Ambassador Atom.
0: Um, I think I have actually seen that um, title somewhere online and was wondering if it actually was like the first edition of Astro yeah. Boy. It's
2: impossible to imagine Astro Boy as a minor character or a well, side yeah. character. He's so iconic. Well, in, I mean, like, you have a
0: look at how Marvel did it originally with their new characters. They mm-hmm. introduced them like Spider-Man wasn't in his own manga to begin with. He appeared in Fantastic Four and other stuff before. Yeah, I believe he
2: started as a Fantastic Four villain in his first run.
0: Yeah, it was a miscommunication between him and um, Fantastic Four. Yeah, so, it's just
2: sort of like... the strange origins of our favorites yeah
1: and in this serial um it was thanks to young fans reactions to him Hmm. that the editor suggested to tezga to make him a main character in a follow-up manga just with more warmth and more human-like hmm yeah so um and it was about 12 years later that he came to life as an anime yeah, and honestly, there's so much to talk to about Tesco. There
0: really there's is. We, so we, much to talk about. We would never have enough time to do it yeah. proper justice. So, so I mean, there
2: is just you look at his work, and it's all very similar, like Toriyama, like certain artists. You look at a piece of work, you mm-hmm. know, it's Tezuka.
1: He met Walt Disney very briefly. Oh no mm. Yeah, and uh, Disney had seen Tetsumon. It's
0: me. that it's that kind of rotational of um, idea where you know Japanese animation. T- started to see a bit from Disney and took it and made it their own and now we're seeing western animation take things from Japanese animation and other Asian animation to Mm -hmm. add to theirs
2: I don't think anyone has a certain like ownership on Mm -hmm. the concept of an idea on intellectual property sure but we inspire each other by what we see
0: Mm. Well now that we've talked about where a lot of animation style changed I think it's time we talk about someone who's taken that style to another level Kawaii Radio
1: That anime was a manga? That manga was an anime? Mangakai.
0: Yes, it's time to talk about that wonderful man, Akira Toriyama. The one, the only.
2: He's...
1: I love that man. Honestly, (laughs) everything that he's done, I haven't disliked anything. I've loved it all. Mm-hmm. He's, a sh- he's, he's a living treasure, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Well, I mean, Akira Toriyama's got a lot of really interesting history behind him. He's got a massive back catalogue, and as we discovered while we were looking into his history, not a lot of it has been well known, at least in, from a Western standpoint. Mm. Indeed. Um, everyone knows about um, you know, Dragon Ball and what his association is with that and things that have come after, but very few know where his work came from. Mm-hmm. So, might as well start right at the beginning. Where was he born?
1: He was born in Nagoya, mm. and I remember that name because very unrelatedly, there's this man, there's this anime that I really like called My Little Monster, and the main character, one of the main characters, has a pet rooster called Nagoya, and oh. that always stuck with me. Besides that, I believe Kenny, you were looking at the town itself.
2: I was. Uh, once we started on the research phase of this, I started looking to just images of. Uh, the, like the town the city pretty
1: big isn't it oh,
2: it's big
0: it's very very beautiful though yeah, like... where is it well Nagoya is the largest city in the Chubu region and that's located between Osaka and Tokyo oh. and he then moved to a town north of Nagoya um, which is called Kiyosu and that was only considered a town after 2005 when they decided it the urban sprawl was big enough that it actually encapsulated several surrounding towns. They went, well, you've eaten them, you're a city now. That's correct. <laughs> Just like Margin Buu.
1: Because in, in the UK, I believe, you have to have a cathedral to be a city. Maybe yeah. it's different in, the, in Japan.
0: Oh, I, I'd say so. Uh, but what I find is absolutely wonderful is that his home in this town is actually his studio as well. So he doesn't have to go off to... Anywhere else, He doesn't have to travel to Tokyo very often to go and put pieces together. He can just work from home and mm. because he's so renowned, he doesn't have to move.
1: Does he do plenty of public appearances? I'm pretty sure that um, no. the voice actors do more.
0: The voice actors do quite a lot. Akira Toriyama, uh, he does do public appearances but Western public appearances okay. have been very few. Okay. Very, very yeah, few. That kind of figures. Mm-hmm. So what I actually really like about Akira Soriyama's story is that he didn't start out wanting to be a manga guy which is the story for so many of the really you legendary manga pl- artists
1: plenty of people start out aiming to get to where he is mm-hmm. don't they?
0: And, and few do and he didn't really start out with that <laughs> he, uh, what, what, what was it he started out doing he was making uh, adverts I believe that's right. He worked for an advertising agency and he was designing posters. He did that for three years after he left school and then he just quit. <laughs> no no <laughs> job to go to. Just was like, not done. Done. Out.
1: Wow. I wish we could all do that with, a, a, with the same success levels. Oh, yeah. Levels. Be nice.
0: <laughs> so he then submitted a manga in an amateur contest for Shonen Jump magazine, um, but it was just for the Jump brand as a whole. So not, it didn't have to be Shonen. It could be whatever you wanted. Mm-hmm. And apparently it was just because he wanted the money to win. So, he didn't. didn't win? (laughs) No. Oh, no. But it did lead him to making his debut in Weekly Shonen Jump in 1978 with a manga called Wonder Island. Now, me and Kenny were trying to find it. It's very hard to track down.
2: I had some mixed success myself. I did discover that a bunch of his old uh, one-shots and sort of short series, many of his early things, are available in a uh, collection called the Akira Toriyama Manga Theatre. Released mm. around 2004, so not so long ago, but I still have rather a lot of trouble finding it. Mm. If anyone knows where that is, please hit me up on Facebook. Uh, I think
0: it's going to be one of those things where we've got to track it down through like eBay or Amazon, mm. like o- old ones, because it's no longer in print. Uh, yes. Which is, you know, terrible. Mm. Um, but, you know, he did that, and then he started with um, one of our, w- what I was surprised we didn't know about this one, but one of his very successful. Manga and then turned anime was Dr. Slump. Uh, Yes, uh, hugely successful to the
2: tune of 240 episodes.
1: That was a comedy, wasn't it?
2: Um, Was it? Yes. Very (laughs) much comedy. Um, Inversely, where Dragon Ball was all about, uh, you know, a a grand adventure and, you know, fighting and awesomeness. And comedy. Uh, Well, (laughs) of course, it's like those themes carry across. But, yeah, this was very much just toilet humour, uh, sexual innuendo. Ex- sexual innuendo. Just sort of like, um, you know, it was purely comedy-based. and uh, He
1: does toilet humour so well. well. It's
2: quite enjoyable.
0: What I find fascinating is that Dr. Slump appeared in several episodes of Dragon Ball.
1: In well, sorry, characters
0: from Dragon uh, from Dr. Slump. Yeah. I yeah. had no idea what was happening in those episodes.
1: See, I'd recognised the characters, but I've never actually watched Dr. Slump. Mm-hmm. And I haven't read it either, which I feel like is... Bad of me. I feel like <laughs> I, I should really get to know it. I
2: feel like it's a mortal sin against our geek status, isn't it? Mm.
0: Well, uh, you were watching one of the movies because oh, how many movies were
2: released? Uh, like Eleven. Eleven. See, that's the wow. thing. Eleven movies. That's in the same kind of uh, that's in the same kind of vein as *Lupin the Third or *Conan*. Mm. It's. And we didn't know about this. Yeah. Just so much flies under the radar for us. Well,
0: but 2008, this manga had sold over 35 million copies in Japan. And the anime aired from 1981 to 86 with a remake in 97 to 99. Indeed. Um, but after he finished that, he then went and made lots of little stories... ...before coming across Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, as of 2014, it, as many of us who are big fans of Dragon Ball... ...grew up with it, watching it on TV... It sold between 250 to 300 million Tantabon copies worldwide. Now, they Far can't long give long. us an exact number because it depends on the country that they've got distribution rights with, if they've printed them in-country and so on. But it became Shuesia, which is the company that owns uh, Shonen Jumps, second best-selling manga of all time. Second best. With only 42 volumes of it. First is One Piece, which has more than twice that amount of volumes to get to that level. Of course. Apparently
1: apparently the artist behind One Piece is good friends with Toriyama. They've
0: done a crossover manga. Oh, Oh, really? really? Yep. And uh, Naruto's in third with 72 Hmm. um, collections. So considering Hmm. that there are... And if you have a look at the top ten list of most uh, sold manga uh, volumes online, you'll find ones which have got like hundreds of volumes... And they're still really far behind the pack leaders. So it's, it's quite, quite impressive. And all three of those are by Shonen Jump. So mm-hmm. Shueshia is really very pleased with themselves.
1: Absolutely, as, <laughs> but, as you would be. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: But considering that this was one of those mangas that started in Shonen Jump... It's actually considered by many to be the most influential shonen manga of all time. And it was one of the main reasons that their magazine circulation hit a record high of six and a half million copies in nineteen ninety five. Oh. And that was only in Japanese. Of course it's all
2: influential. Right. You see its influences everywhere in even Western cinema
0: and culture. It's like we see football players and wrestlers yeah. using moves from Dragon Ball Z to celebrate. Yes.
1: Isn't isn't Goku the mascot? Of the Olympics as well, coming up.
0: Yes. Oh, wicked. I I believe he is. Um, This is going to be... The the Tokyo Olympics is just going to be a geek culture fanfare, and I love it. I will be a little
2: upset if the Olympic torch isn't lit with a massive kamehameha.
0: (laughs) 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 That would be great. uh, Well, when Dragon Ball began, it was loosely based on the classic Chinese novel, Journey to the West, with Goku being Sun Wukong, Mm -hmm. um, which I believe the translation in Japanese is Son Son Goku, which is... What His we name. all know him as. Yeah. And Bulma is Tang San Zhang, who is the monk.
2: Yeah, it's um Wasn't the Monk
1: played by a woman in that yes.
2: in a live action television yes. series of Monkey Magic.
1: But what they they but she was referred to as a Heat. Yes. It's what there is, is a
2: constant kind of flux with the characters and how they're presented in the uh,
0: Journey to the West. You see, I thought it would have been Krillin, but no. <laughs> we were wrong. But we were wrong. But it's also been inspired by Hong Kong martial art films, which Toriyama's a big fan of as well, particularly of Jackie Chan.
1: Oh, yes. And
0: that's he set it in a di- fictional world based on basically a mishmash of Asia mm. and other um, little countries. So it's got Just cultural... Just sort
2: of fusion Asia.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's like the ultimate fusion. Yeah, did uh-huh. you know?
1: <laughs> he said that if he had not watched Drunken Master, Dragon Ball would not have... Existed. Really? Oh, he got the Seriously. idea whilst watching Drunken Master.
2: Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, I've watched that movie and you can kind of see some of the fighting yeah. styles
0: mimicked in it.
1: See, that's, that's, the, that's the idea that he got, the fighting style.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, we, we did hear about um, Akira Toriyama inserting his pets <gasps> into his yes. work. And He's m- a cat lover. Oh, he is. He loves all of his animals. Um, and two of his cats were characters in the Dragon Ball universe. Mm-hmm. I think you guys know who they are.
1: I believe Corrin and Bears.
0: Yes. Now, isn't it fitting for someone to make their cat the destroyer of the universe? And you know,
2: I can almost kind of picture that about uh, Akira Toriyama, I don't know, working late one night, drawing the last few panels of a comic and then suddenly... Cat dashes across his desk, spills ink, ink everywhere, destroys his
0: world.
1: And settles in the <laughs> middle of the paper. With
2: a big, smug smile. I, I yes.
0: wonder if that also inspired him to do Neko Margin because Neko Margin maybe is uh, it's about a cat who's just mischievous and causing trouble.
1: You know what, as well? It's about a cat who is a god. Mm-hmm. And his cat called Debo, or Debo, he was really sick. Oh no. He was really, really sick, and apparently the vet was like, Well, say your goodbyes. But the cat got better. So it's <laughs> like, Well, you so know, he's so a god. <laughs> 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 Which cats think they are anyway. So,
0: Well, t- Toriyama um, has got a lot of really interesting influences as well. Um, he's obviously admires um, Osama Tezuka, who we were chatting about earlier, um, particularly Astro Boy. Um, mm. He loves the childhoody you know, childish innocence innocence of it, which you see in Goku.
2: You see in uh, Arale in Dr. Slump as well. His main characters, um, there is just a lot of um, crossover between his works. Like there's always the uh, proclivity to have um, anthropomorphic animals that appears in both Dr. Slump and Dragon Ball Z. Mm. And yeah, his characters are always these innocent, pure-hearted characters who don't know their own strength.
0: Mm. On, on the anthropomorphic animals, I think that is something that was touched him by Walt Disney because he always said he was impressed by 101 Dalmatians. Um, mm. So much so that he remembers it for its high-quality animation and as a kid he won an art prize for a drawing of 101 dimensions, which made him decide art was fun.
1: Did he draw all 101 of them? I (laughs) I,
0: I can neither confirm nor deny this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) With different spot patterns
2: and everything. I'll see if I can find it. Mm.
0: (laughs) But we we know that, obviously, Toriyama's caused lots of different spin-offs. I mean, Dragon Ball, we have seen five different series. We've got Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, GT, Kai and Super. And Mm. while GT is kind of the the red-headed stepchild in this equation it w- while it wasn't based on his manga Toriyama was still involved in coming up with the name designing the main cast mm. so at least they tried to keep Stay it true to what it was yeah with him
2: but his mixed success i think i watched the series i enjoyed it it just didn't feel like uh, dragon ball mm-hmm. but uh,
0: th- I love the fact that he works from home because he even founded a studio called Bird Studio, which is a pun on his name.
1: It is huh. I believe Tori is Bird. It is. and Yama is Hill, so technically his name is Bird Hill. Mr. Bird Hill?
0: Oh, that's quite a sweet
1: bird. Okay, I, I like know.
0: that. He even employed an assistant um, which apparently is quite rare for manga artists mm-hmm. um, until 1995 because he wants to do all the work there on his own. But he would only let the assistant do the backgrounds. Oh, my God. No character art, nothing. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I imagine it'd be quite interesting for him as well because his wife is actually an ex-manga artist as well. And she helped on all the squash periods during Dr. Slump. So you might notice in the the end of some of the chapters that the art style is slightly different in some of the chapters of Dr. Slump. And apparently that's his wife.
1: Oh, Oh, isn't that awesome? That explains
0: that. But... We, we should probably move on to some of the uh, larger things that he's collaborated on because while he is known, obviously, for the Dragon Ball Z animation, he was mostly involved in the manga itself, mm-hmm. actually creating the original story and the idea. And similar to what we saw with um, Neko Margin, he's done a lot of one-shot basically since Dragon Ball ended. Mm-hmm. He hasn't really done a long-running uh, series since then. But there are a couple of exceptions. So he collaborated with Shonen Jump to create a video and manga to raise awareness and support for those affected by the 2011 Tohoku earthquake and tsunami. So all funds for that went to the uh, appeal for that. And then in 2013, to celebrate the 45th anniversary of Weekly Shonen Jump, he launched Jacko the Galactic Patrolman.
2: Yes, that's a manga which is sort of... That's a uh, prequel to the original Dragon Ball series, I believe.
0: Yeah, so that ran for 11 chapters and obviously the character has since appeared in Dragon Ball, um, which, uh, as we said, he loves putting his characters across um, the different series. And going back to Neko Margin, because that only ran for eight uh, one-shot mangas and he originally did it just to do something fun because he likes drawing cats. And and there's a
1: lot of fourth wall breaking, isn't there? So much. Vegeta turns up in it. Yep. Yeah. Um
0: so it, there's a, there's at least two Dragon Ball style attacks used in it which have. Yeah. It, you said he didn't set out to make a parody of Dragon Ball but ran out of material.
1: He just doesn't plan ahead, does he? No, no just writes as he thinks. You
2: see it in his uh in his Mangas, in Dragon Ball and stuff. I feel like a lot of the times he is just Making things up as you go along. He has a general plan of where he wants it to go some of the time. It can Mm
1: -hmm. be fun to write yourself into a corner sometimes. Mm. That gives rise to very creative ways of getting yourself out of them.
0: Well, in this case, he decided that he had to give the cats an attack so they have their (laughs) Nekohame hair. And um, one of them them does carry around the Power Pole. And uh, one of them particularly, who's named Zed, wears an outfit like Dragon Ball's son Goku. And so when does
1: Vegeta turn up in it?
0: It's kind of at the end of it. The, he oh yeah, comes up with quite a few interesting little characters to put into it who are based on characters from the Dragon Ball universe, such as a fat Saiyan. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it was like Frieza's son.
1: Yeah. And doesn't Vegeta crash land in there and be like, why am I in this other comic? Yes. <laughs> this makes no sense. And then at the end, I, as I remember, he leaves and he's like, this is the last time I'm doing cro- a crossover. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, isn't, hasn't there also been a, a lot of Toriyama style was to just do that fourth war breaking, yeah. especially in Dragon Ball. Dragon
1: Ball was great. Um, one of my favourite parts of it was where Goku trying to reach an enemy in a difficult to reach place. Bounces the kamehameha off the top panel <laughs> and, and hitting the enemy. That's
0: glorious. <laughs> it's so good.
1: And, and that's not the only one. There's quite a few of them, actually. Mm. It's so funny.
0: Well, we should probably talk about animation, so we'll be right back after this.
1: A Wi-Fi Radio. I watched
0: that as a kid. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Back catalogue. And uh, Kira Toriyama is someone who has a big back catalogue. Mm-hmm. Um, we can obviously start with uh, the, the fairly obvious topics of Dragon Ball. Yes.
1: Begin at the beginning. Begin well, at the
0: beginning, go to the end and then stop. It's not
1: technically the beginning, but I think no. it's the beginning of my love of anime because Cheese TV had it on. <laughs> Shout out to Jade and Ryan if you're listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they played it every... I can't remember what grabbed me about it. Mm-hmm. But
0: you were the same as me. You caught it before school.
1: Yeah, and um, because I couldn't program our VCR player, oh, yeah, no. displaying my age here, I didn't know how to program it to um, end. At a, no, I, I could program it to record. I couldn't program it to end after a certain amount of time. Ah. So it went forth and continued taping what's in the box, and then some other oh, show no, and no. all that. So. Yeah, well, really mounted well. tape at the end of it, but I had all of the freezer saga, and every morning I was, like, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna go super saiyan! Oh my god, and it was I was getting so pumped up about it. But but it is so. an
0: anime which is very strongly associated with the, the current generation of uh, anime lovers, like mm. people who are now grew up with that and are now you know heading towards thirty or mid, you know mid to late twenties grew up with the Dragon Ball and with that strong attachment to those characters, whether yeah. that was through the Z arc or in the original Dragon Ball arc, and we're mm. being rewarded because we got super, which admittedly there were those issues with animation for those first two seasons, mm-hmm. but the stories held up. Mm.
1: After that one particular episode, it hasn't dropped down to that level again. No. Though, which
0: is i really got to admit,
2: I uh, didn't grow up with Dragon Ball. I remember seeing the toys being sold at mm. uh, Hungry Jack's I remember seeing bits of it, trading cards, pogs, like little pieces of merchandise here and there. But I only really got into it after I saw uh, Team 4 Stars Dragon Ball Z abridged, of all things.
0: uh, Let's be honest, that's because you lived in the country. Yes, it's
2: true, yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, I loved their treatment of it and their sort of, not really mockery, but more poking fun at the Dragon Ball universe. And that made me very, very intrigued to actually know its origins, both Dragon Ball and Z Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: but I mean we've got um, Super obviously going now at the moment Super has come to an end and we've had the Broly saga and we uh, well the Broly film Um, Mm -hmm. the next saga is on the books if they follow the manga but the manga is not being written by Akira Toriyama it's um, one of his underlings who's he's you know got enough trust in to say okay go ahead and write some stuff on it so
1: is it full of backgrounds or (laughs) is there action in these stories there is is
0: action but it's followed the the storyline of Super but not exactly the same as what was shown in the anime. So th- there is opportunity there for Akira Toriyama to basically say, oh, okay, that, some of that's a good idea. I might take that and then you know, pursue my own path with it.
1: On a side note, speaking of backgrounds, can I say that I was very, very happy when I watched the opening of um, Astro Boy. I think it's the 80s version that I watched. Mm. He doesn't reuse really his background yeah. As, um, as he's going through the city, it's not a reused background. So kudos to him.
0: Yep, yeah, fair enough.
2: <laughs> so nothing reused, everything is just a completely different cell. Yep. Wow, yeah. that is effort. That's yep. wonderful.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about the uh, Doctor Slump film. So Ken, uh, you went and watched one of them and tell us what you thought and what you saw in it.
2: Uh, I can't exactly say. <laughs> 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 it was
0: basically the... Uh,
2: Little Robot Girl and her family are awarded free tickets to stay at a luxury hotel, which is actually a haunted hotel of run by vampires, mummies, zombies, and all manner of creatures. And, of course, they mean to trap these humans and drink their blood and feast upon them. Mm. But Obviously,
0: she's an android.
2: Obviously, she's an android <laughs> with superpowers. They A vampire breaks their teeth on her metal chassis and... Then she ends up just blowing the entire place down because out of, I don't know, enthusiasm. Okay. And one, of, uh, uh, one of the funniest things I did note in that movie, though, I will need to actually figure out when it's dated, but um, at a point they're all relaxing in this luxury spa and the main water feature for it... Is Shenron the wish-granting dragon from Dragon Ball
1: Cross Z? Over. <laughs> Speaking of dragons, yeah. he's come out with another series, hasn't he?
0: He did, um, and that was Blue Dragon. Now, Blue Dragon, I, uh, I'd i seen bits and pieces of it over the mm-hmm. years, but it's actually based on a video game which he did the art for. Uh. So the video game came out first. So
1: Yeah, I liked the look of it. Mm. It's so got very clean lines Which and is what um, we expect from him
2: While it's the same sort of style and animation I mean, practically all of Toriyama's work Could fit in the same universe It, it all looks so, you know,
0: consistent
2: There's um, characters
0: and enemies A military force in uh, Blue Dragon Which feel like they'd be right at home In the original Dragon Ball series
2: Oh yes, uh, alongside the Red
0: Ribbon Arby and stuff mm-hmm. But
2: yeah, it was that uh, sort of military stuff In the first couple of episodes of uh, Blue Dragon Which I just sat down and watched uh, not so long ago Makes the anime feel like it's got more... is a lot more at stake, I should say.
0: Well, the, the original Blue Dragon game was published by Microsoft Game Studios in 2006 and released in Japan before it was actually sent out internationally. But at that point, the anime adaptation had already been released. So they'd released the game. The game was finished, but we didn't have the English version of it. So everyone got to experience the anime first before the game. Hmm. Which, Which is I, normally how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> but he also was, not uh, on the note of games, he was also involved in uh, uh, quite a few games.
1: He, um, didn't he do some costume design for a Naruto game?
0: Uh, yes, he, he's been involved in a few things that have come out of Shonen Jump. But most importantly, the first one he was involved in is Dragon Quest. And he did the character design since it began till today from 1986. Which Very popular you were title. playing. I was. And then
1: you realised, ah... Interesting, because I remember mentioning this, this art style looks really familiar. It looks like Dragon Ball. Yeah. And Well, he, he, he was commissioned
0: by creator Hori Yuji who Horiyuji to design the characters and monsters based on his rough sketches, which were apparently appalling, according to uh, Horley. Horley worked as a freelance writer for Weekly Shonen Jump, talking in a panel on video games. This is where that slime design we're familiar with comes from. You know, the the little shiny slime that's, you know, all happy and going on. The uh, conventional enemy of just about every old yeah. school
2: JRPG now. It's like fantasies always associate to mm-hmm. that enemy.
0: This design is a Akira Toriyama's. And the original design that he gave him was a, and I quote, pile of goo. He said... <laughs> I have a pile of goo. Can you make a character out of it? Toriyama obviously came back with a teardrop shape that we're used to seeing, and um, which he considered perfect, considering <laughs> how very little space he'd given him for it. And the friendly slimes usually greet players with the phrase, I'm not a bad slime, which we've seen referenced in other animes, including reincarnated as a slime. Yeah. You kind of figured they'd have to make that reference in something like that, you know, but yeah.
1: I feel like... Um, I'm discovering all of the songs that Prince wrote under a pseudonym. <laughs> 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 Similarly, like because he's had so much input into this industry, yeah, in mm. so many different ways.
0: Well, uh, he was also involved in Chrono Trigger in 1995. He did wow. um, the setting design and the character design this time, and he also animated all the cutscenes for its remake in 1999. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, so he, he's got a pretty massive back catalogue. Fantastic which, resume. Which brings us to today and Broly.
1: Hawaii Fire Radio.
0: We'll be there in time. There's 20 minutes of ads.
1: Cinema Club.
0: Plenty of shade there. <laughs> <laughs> so, holy moly, it's Broly we have been got. waiting to oh, say that, haven't I have, you? I have. <laughs> cool. working on that. I have. It, so, Dragon Ball Broly has took the world by storm. So, here's some statistics for you. Dragon Ball Super Broly ranked number four in the US box office on its opening weekend. That was just underneath Aquaman. Seriously? And above Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, whoa. Yeah, for that week at least. It was number 10 during week two and it's now entering its third week. In the US and Canada, the film has earned almost 30 million US dollars so far. Internationally, it's approaching 100 million US. That is fantastic. fantastic. To put that in perspective, Resurrection F grossed 62 million internationally over its full run. Wow. Wow. And... It is now the third all-time highest ranking anime film in the United States in terms of tickets sold. Take a stab at what are one and two. Oh, um... Pokemon. Yep. (laughs) Pokemon and... Pokemon.
1: I went to see Pokemon the first movie for my birthday. It was great. I don't care what anyone sells.
0: Number one is Pokemon the first movie. Number two is Pokemon the movie 2000. And I tell you, there is quite a gap... How
1: much did it take?
0: Well, just in the U.S., it took uh, the first one took eighty five million. Woo! Yeah, opening weekend that was thirty million. Um, Pokemon movie two thousand took forty three million total. But what I found quite interesting was having a look at the foreign markets outside of Japan and China, obviously, to see what Dragon Ball Broly's been doing over there. So it's as I said, it's approaching a hundred million. Yeah. I would like you to take a stab. Outside of Japan, what is the next highest income point for earnings for Dragon Ball Broly?
2: Not America. um, Europe, somewhere in Europe. China? China?
0: Mexico. Mexico. Oh. Mexico took in 9 million and it's been open only for two weeks.
1: I know it is very popular in Latin America. A
0: lot of Latin American places have pulled through quite a lot. Brazil in particular had 4 million and that opened just in, I think that was Boxing Day in Brazil for them. So ah. it's, it's pretty crazy how well it's done.
2: I feel like we really shouldn't be surprised. I mean, um, last person we sort of uh, made great friends with uh, was this lovely French girl and yeah. she was as much a geek as like... It's like you or me. Mm-hmm. Like, it, so,
0: animation culture has spread, and it's fantastic. It's pr-
2: pretty much worldwide now.
0: So when we were at the uh, Japanese language screening over the weekend of Broly, we got chatting to a few people who'd watched the film, and this is what they had to say. I thought it was very well
2: put together, the whole thing of bringing a fan-favorite character, bringing him back into the fold where he's actually canon, which is doing service to the fans. I mean, not only did it like, visually
0: look really pleasing combining kind of the what's newly the 3d animated style of dragon ball's doing but also actually taking the time to like develop and make Roly a character where they're very welcome to bring him back in later seasons and he's appealing for what he's built to be Roly though going forward he could make for a very good plot element honestly and at the end of the movie where they left on the tone
2: they left it on as well kind of leaves room for you to think okay uh not
0: you know Main character status, but I think as like a plot element, this could be very well done. It
2: wasn't what you think of Dragon Ball. It's what you imagine Dragon Ball can always be.
0: They used quite a few varied animation styles in there. Did you reckon it added to it?
2: I noticed it, but it didn't take away from the experience at all. Like the only time I felt it was a little strange was when I went to that weird like purple side by area that I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. It, felt, it felt a lot more experimental than you're used
0: to in Dragon Ball and it, I thought it was really amazing for it. for different oh you? Yeah, yeah, I, I liked it how the fight scenes were real intense graphics in that but then they'll take it back to the old school
2: graphics just for throughout the movie. Just for complicated fight scenes, eh? they sort of dumbed down the animation a bit to make the fight scenes a bit more like, sort of complicated so you can see what was going on. With their super animation. When they have like, complicated fight scenes and that, you did not really see like, all the movements properly and things like that.
1: The new direction they have with Broly is absolutely right on the dot. I really like it. The character arc of him is very entertaining and very um, pleasing
0: to fans who genuinely wanted to see him done right. How do you reckon the next series of Super will play out when they get around to it? I'm so
1: excited. I want to see like Broly just sitting there chilling. Like, it's like my favourite part whenever I'm watching Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z is just like the ex villain sitting there and doing something like mundane, like Piccolo babysitting.
0: I want to see him
2: with like, what's her name from Super? Oh, Kale. Um, like the one that was basically female Broly.
1: That would be so cool.
2: Like the collective like the next one. you just hope they to bring like um, Jiren and all them back into it, you know? Yeah, I want to see Jiren and Broly have a little bit then And then maybe we might, you know, get another look at um, Ultra Instinct, you know? Because having Jiren and Broly Back on the scene, we'll just push Goku even more, and hopefully
0: um, Vegeta too. So as you can hear, some very happy campers.
1: Oh, Jiren and Brawley would be something I would pay a lot of money to see.
0: I do have to give a call out to Ben, Gabby and Cal. They drove two hours to the cinema to watch the movie. From
1: Collier, Collier I Collier,
0: yeah, down south. Um, they Fantastic. asked us to thank Madman for them, because they got free tickets from them through a bit of a mini raffle. Thank hey, you, Ma-
1: Madman. Ma-
0: mm, and the boys at the end, Joel, Jesse, Sean, and I didn't catch the fourth guy's name, they've all been Dragon Ball fans since they were a kid. So it, it shows you that it doesn't matter what age bracket you are. If you've grown up with it, it's it just from. sticks with you. Yeah, It really does.
1: Absolutely. But
0: what, what did you guys think of the animation style? Because, I mean, it was really beautiful and crisp, but they also experimented a fair bit.
2: I uh, noticed a bit more of the hybrid CGI and traditional that we've been seeing in a lot of uh, recent mm. animates. Um, there was a point which rather delighted me when... Um, the fight was from a first-person perspective of Broly beating Vegeta yeah. through the mountains, and oh, that was fantastic! It was like being in a uh, in a video game inside a VR game. It was I, abso-
0: it was I've completely forgot about that. Now you mention it, yeah, it was absolutely amazing view. It's not something they've ever done before in Dragon Ball.
2: I mean, it's a lot to sort of take in and watch. That things move so quickly in these battles as they are supposed to, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, it's a, just a bit of a visual overload on occasions, but wonderful to experience.
1: I loved the the, the way that they meshed both the traditional art style as well as the CG art mm. style. I thought that it was done so spectacularly well. Um, it was really wonderful to have... Um, there was a couple side characters in there. <laughs> Yeah. really served to help humanise Broly as so well. That,
0: that was chi and Limo in the Freezer Forces. and um, ah. the, no, no spoiler, because they're in all the trailers. But chi name is a food reference to chilli and is also apparently derived from the word raichi, as in lychee.
2: Ah, uh, the naming convention continues.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she joined the Freezer Force to escape the Galactic Patrol, who she'd got herself in trouble with.
1: Isn't that Jacko's...
0: Yep, that's Jacko's squad. yeah. Yep. Um, and Lemo's name is a pun from the fruit. Lemon. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and he's apparently been in the Freezer Force since uh, King Cold. I loved oh.
1: Freezer in this film
0: as well. Yeah. He's so naughty. He was. And Chiline's relationship with Broly kind of mirrors um, Cauliflower's relationship with Kale from Universe 6. Mm. How they're, you know, it's very... Dependent on each other and wanting to protect each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wh- which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. But I, I must mention the music. Broly, 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 Broly. That and was,
1: then, it was, was very, it uh, a Gojita thing as well. Yeah. I mean, it was a song for him. Oh, th-
0: they did really well with it. But I, I really love... like they, They've brought Broly into the light and he's part of canon now. But they finally set in stone Goku's family history.
2: Yes, they. Uh, there was, like, at the beginning of the movie, there was, like, a whole lot of backstory for, okay, how did we get to this point? It's like, where did all of these characters come from?
0: Because previously this was all done in non-canon content. Exactly, mm. yes, but now it's been
2: finalised. it's As you said, it's been set in stone. It is now established. You mm. have to wonder if they'll go back and do that for oh, any of the other animated movies. And oh.
1: how amazing was the transition in time uh, mm. from when Goku... You know when he crash lands on the earth And then it goes forward Throws us forward to the present day
0: Yeah The way
1: it was done was just so amazing
0: I I think they took a lot of hints Like visually for the graphics there From what we saw in like the Dragon Ball games Mm -hmm. Where it shows them dancing through time To where we get to Which was fantastic I'm saying fantastic a lot because this is a fantastic film. And if you haven't seen it, try and catch a session before it goes, even if it's in English, because I've been told the English dub for this, fantastic as well.
2: Wonderful. I had a mate who actually saw the English dub as well, and he quite enjoyed it as well. The voice cast, as ever, is
0: fantastic. Mr. Sabat, we love you. Yes, he's a good Vegeta and a good All Might. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that's about all the time we've got for us, so let's head out. Wi-Fi Radio. Well, that has been episode two of Kawaii Fire Radio, and uh, we'll be back in another fortnight with more content. Of course, um, we, I believe, should be having a chat about the upcoming My Hero Academia All Might special that's been bundled with the Blu-ray. Yes, Can't wait to see I- that. I'm really excited to see where they take that as well. And we will be trying. Uh, we haven't got it locked in yet, but we're going to try and be having a chat to a lady who's in charge of anime distribution here in Australia. Cool. She organises films to be shown in cinemas is here she's going to give us a bit of a rundown on how you can actually get that done if there's features that you really love that you wanted to see brought
2: out very important for like fans of things that just wants everyone else to know about and it's
1: not quite um, it's not something we're used to having anime films shown in our cinemas and it's been happening a lot more lately than it used to so be good to hear
0: more about it (laughs) right we'll catch you next time see you later bye